Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. G'day, Justin Hogg here, talking not-for-profits and the challenges that come up uh, all the time in not-for-profits. It sometimes feels never-ending, but there's always a way forward. One of the things that has been, I suppose, whether it's coming out of COVID, but one of the things that's happened a fair bit in the last, for me, in the last 12 months is being involved in not-for-profits dealing with um, CEO transition. Now, two things out of CEO transition that I think most of the people will agree with are pretty, pretty much facts, undeniable truths, is one, your CEO in a not-for-profit is, effect, is the most important person in the organization. In terms of skill set, bringing the organization, moving it forward, that CEO is so pivotal in that, that really they are the key person in an organization. The other undeniable truth, and this is probably even more undeniable, is that one day they will leave. And I think, in my experience, a lot of boards especially, forget that's a truth. They, they are always spending a lot of energy making sure the CEO is engaged, that they're well remunerated, that they, you know, there's a plan for them to stay with the organization, that they're doing what they can to make sure that they maintain their tenure with the organization. But a lot of boards don't really put the effort into, well, what's the process when the CEO leaves? What is that process? And I think that, or no, I think I know, I've seen that where you haven't put that thought in or you haven't put that preparation into well, what happens when the CEO leaves or what happens when the CEO needs to be moved on, that when you get to that point, it becomes very messy very quickly and can really hurt the organization uh, quite dramatically in that period of time. So that's what I wanted to go through is, I suppose, some thinking about how you prepare for CEO transition for when your CEO leaves, because they will. The first part, as with a lot of things with strategy and organization, is the, is the planning, is the, the preparation for the event. So you know it's coming, let's prepare for it. So what do you do? So this preparation is some of the stuff you should be doing in any case, but like in terms of being clear on the CEO, in terms of performance, what their KPIs, their performance, having that performance review, having that discussion, whether it be annually or more frequently, about how, perform, how the CEO's performance going, but also then how the CEO's feeling. So what the CEO's goals are, because they may, they may only want to work for another three years. They might want to see an organization get to a certain point. They might not know. They might want to be there for 20 years. But having those discussions in relation with performance and in relation to the strategy of the organization, because this is also important to... Have, have that open communication where if an organization is evolving, it may move past what the CEO is capable of or it may need a CEO that is able to do something more. Now, that is an important conversation because sometimes you can evolve your CEO with the organization if you know these challenges are coming through training, through how you build your executive team, through even just some ad hoc consulting to help the CEO or the organization gain that knowledge that they need to keep growing rather than getting to a point where the CEO is no longer capable and you have to get rid of them. So 
part of that preparation can also sometimes extend that um, the time until that you hit that point where the CEO needs to go. You can also look at um, with that ca- capacity within the organization. I said I mentioned the, the executive team. That that's an important aspect. Sometimes the CEO, you do there is value in terms of their figurehead, in terms of their they're the image of the organization, um, especially in philanthropic circles. Quite often the CEO can be that person who has that network. But building that executive team around them that one can fill their gaps so they can continue to do the things that they're good at is one very important aspect. And that that helps the, the continuity of the organization when the CEO does leave. The other part of that is making sure that even if the CEO is that figurehead, is that, you know, that philanthropic area or has the contacts, that you build within the organization the ability that not the CEO doesn't isn't the sole owner of things, so that you identify everything the CEO does and make sure that there's someone in the executive team or in the board who is also across those things, so that if the CEO, because sometimes CEO leaves suddenly, sometimes they get ill, sometimes you know they just up and leave, or there's a there's a an issue that happens that the CEO needs to step out of the organization for a period of time. You want to make sure that you've got that cross coverage of their role, even if it's not necessarily the leadership aspect, but at least of the technical stuff and the contacts spread amongst the executive team and the board so that they're not becoming an indispensable part of the organization. The last thing that people could look at in terms of preparation is, is the contract you got the CEO, what's the you know, notice period, uh, what are those, uh, what are the mechanisms of uh, termination. Now, Yes, these are important, and you should definitely make sure you're clear on what they are in the contract. I can tell you that, generally speaking, when you get to that point, if it's amicable, you don't need them, and if it's not amicable, not amicable, quite often you're negotiating around them. So you really want to have that communication line that's more valuable than the contract, and I think that's probably what I've learned is that ultimately all these things are based on the relationship you have, and you want to have a strong relationship put you in the best place. Okay, so eventually the inevitable happens and your CEO leaves. Now, there could be a resignation, it could be you ask them to leave, or it could just be, you know, it's time. What do you do? Now, there's a couple of things to consider. One, uh, it's the board that is responsible for recruiting the CEO, so you want the board to have a process for doing this. So obviously setting this up in terms of what the process is before you get to this point you want, but generally speaking, I would recommend you have a committee that's dealing with the recruitment process because that allows you know, two or three, probably three or four uh, keyboard members to be the ones who are on point, who've got the time, who are available to you know, meet quickly, to move through the process quickly so that you can ensure the process goes as quickly as possible whilst keeping the board informed. So I think that's a very important aspect. The other aspect I would say is because the CEO's most likely the most important person in your organization. Again, using a recruitment specialist or a recruitment firm is worthwhile because it gives you a greater pool of people. You're dealing with people who, who are able to help the recruitment process go quicker. Yes, it will cost you money, but ultimately you have a better chance. Not to guarantee, it doesn't guarantee you anything, but it gives you a better chance of finding the right person to be the next CEO. And the last thing, and this is probably the one that boards grapple with the most is what do I do with the CEO position if there's an intervening period where there is no CEO? So, and 
quite often a recruitment process will take three months. So even if, even if you have notice, you may not be able to cover that, that period of recruitment. So what do you do? Well, if you've got an executive team, there is an option to have no CEO. Now, that would probably require part, some one or two of the directors to get more operationally and have more touch points with the executive. It's possible. It probably depends on the capability of the executive team um, and the maturity of it. It's probably not not would not be my preference um, and only in very rare circumstances would it work the other option then is well why don't we promote one of those executive tem- team members to be an interim CEO now that seems and that quite often feels like a quick fix you've got oh someone who's been acting as 2IC or is potentially able to step into that void for a period of time what I've seen in practice is if that person doesn't ultimately go on to get the CEO role it generally ends badly and you end up either very severely damaging your relationship and the engagement of that person, or they leave. So not only have you lost your CEO, you then lost the next best person in terms of taking that CEO position. So, and obviously that angst that you know that having someone fill that interim CEO position then doesn't have a good handover. It, it doesn't. It doesn't actually fill the need that you were asked, you were wanting it to fill. What I've seen work best is where you have an external person come in and provide that interim CEO position because it's a contract relationship. They're, they're not wanting the CEO position, but they've got the, you're able to find um, organizations like what we do who are able to provide that person who has the leadership, has the strategy or understanding, knows how to work with the board, can step in, hand over from the existing CEO, maintain the organization, and then provide a clean handover to the new CEO. This also then allows that person to be drawn on by the new CEO if they need it. Whereas um, an interim CEO internally who might have left, you lose that. Um, so that situation tends to work better. Again, it's a, probably a little more expensive, but I think ultimately for the limiting the disruption to the organization and maintaining that continuity, I find that's the best option. And then lastly, CEO, new CEOs here, what do you do now? Well, you start the preparation for them leaving. So within the first three to six months, like you should be setting the KPIs, the expectations of the new CEO. Part of that, and part of the recruitment process is, you know, what, is their, what are their goals with working with the organization, which should speak to when they think they'd probably be stepping off. Well, start the conversations again, the succession planning the you know, KPIs, performance management, the strategy or organization, it all just starts again, ready for the next time that that CEO will leave the organization. So it's a really interesting topic. It's a really, it's a really hard situation to go through. And if anyone does need some help or wants to have a conversation about CEO transition, more than happy to do that. Um, otherwise, you know, if you're looking for some more information on not-for-profits and governance, Feel free to check out our uh, YouTube. We've got a fair bit of information on there and free content that you might find useful. Otherwise, thanks for your time today. It's been a pleasure. It's Justin Hawk from RightSource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.